Good morning and welcome to High Point Church Online. My name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor here. And it is great to be here with you this morning, uh, especially if it's your first time. I know you've been welcomed once, but allow me to welcome you again. Thrilled to be with you uh, worshiping online. Today, I want to speak to you about heart problems, specifically as it pertains to guilt. Now, uh, there was a young man by the name of Jesse Jacobs. He was a college student in New York. Um, this was just a few years ago. And he started an apology hotline uh, as a way to offer peace to troubled souls. Okay, uh, People could call the number and there was, this, uh, there was an answering machine type scenario that interacted with you. And it encouraged you uh, to literally interact and, have, and, and give an apology for something that maybe you had done that you still were carrying the weight of in your life. And so people could call the number and that's what they would do. And so here are a few things, and I quote uh, from the article that I just uh, read this week. I'm sorry I turned my back on my spouse. I'm sorry for having an affair with a married man. One person says, I'm sorry for embezzling. I'm sorry for lying. One woman called to apologize for words that she had used, that she had spoken to her spouse that had hurt them. And then, unfortunately, tragically, that spouse had died several days later. And she carried the weight of that, the guilt of it, for years. Someone else wrote, or not wrote, they called and apologized for using their dying mother's medication money to finance a shoe addiction. Now, these are big things, heavy things, most of them. But they all, the common denominator is that people feel guilty. There's guilt that has just weighed down their heart. It's just, it's just a weight. And whether it's something big or whether it's something small, guilt has a way of driving a wedge in relationships. Even if somebody has passed, right? There, there, there's something that happens that, that guilt begins to form and shape your heart. And today, uh, we want to call that what it is. It's a heart problem. And we want to... In, 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 a, in a gospel-centric way, we want to deal with it. What do the scriptures have to say about how we deal with guilt? That's what we're after today. Let's pray, and then we're going to get into it today. Father, thank you for this time. We ask that you would help us in our relationships, help our hearts to be healthy and whole. Lord, I pray that you would literally bring healing uh, to, to hurts and to brokenness in our relationships. Amen. Now, before we get going, I want to mention uh, two things. Number one, much of the sermon series that we're in has been inspired by this book, Andy Stanley's Enemies of the Heart. It's a great book. If you're looking for one to read, uh, you can pick it up on Amazon, and you'll, you'll, you'll catch some of the things that I'm mentioning uh, in greater detail in the book. The other thing, that I want to mention is that some of you are carrying really significant trauma in your life. Some of you have experienced abuse and pain that's far greater than what I'm talking about uh, here in just a moment. And I want to encourage you because sometimes in church circles, whether you're online or not, this doesn't always get said and I want it to be said. It's a good thing 
to go see a counselor. It's a good thing to see a therapist. And I'm going to scratch the surface on what I would call just normal uh, relationships that have friction and difficulty and pain. But some of you have, you've experienced a magnitude of pain that's greater than what I'm talking about here. And I'm not trying to be a professional counselor, psychiatrist, or therapist in this moment. I'm going to give you some gospel tips and gospel tools and push you to Jesus. But some of you will need an extra step. I want you to hear that. And I want you to know it. And if for some reason you need help with that, we can help you take those next steps. Amen? Amen. All right. Proverbs 4.23. The writer of, uh, is, is Solomon, and he says this. He says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Okay. Let's back the train up a second. Everything that you do flows from this thing called the heart. But we're not talking in this moment about your physical organ. Although, you know, pumping blood, last time I checked, is important. You need that. But what the scriptures are talking about when it references your heart is that place of emotion, that place where you feel when you're stirred watching a movie or, or, or reading a book or music, art, etc. When you're moved, that's your heart, right? The, the place of emotion. When you're disappointed because someone forgot your birthday, right? Your heart is hurt in that moment. Our heart feels things. It carries things. And in this particular case, as I already mentioned, it can carry guilt for years. Not all guilt is bad. In the sense that when you experience that feeling in a relationship, I want you to, I want you to hear this. It serves as a reminder that God is still at work in your heart. And in your relationships, meaning if you felt nothing, that would actually be of greater concern. But the fact that you still feel something, even this, this emotion that doesn't feel good, but the fact that you still sense it and feel it it, 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 it gives us a reminder that action still needs and can be taken. It's like the indicator light. The check engine light on your car that's blinking, letting you know something's not quite right here. That's what guilt does. It's a clue, a reminder, a spiritual check engine light. So when we get to the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 5, we see God speaking to Moses. And this is what he says. He says, say to the Israelites, to the whole community... Of Israelites, any man or woman who wrongs another in any way and so is unfaithful to the Lord is what? Guilty. In other words, when you wrong somebody else, when you hurt them, you're going to experience guilt. You can literally look up the definition of guilt if you want. If you're a word nerd like me, guilt is the feeling you have when you have wronged somebody. Now, we don't always do well trying to, to manage emotions and trying to discern and, and parcel them out and make sense of all of it. But you know what we do get a lot better, um, we, we understand, our transactions, right? We understand just one plus one equals two. And the truth of the matter is, much of the emotional, relational descriptions that we get in the Bible, 
when you get down to the to the root word and the root definitions, many of them are financial terms. Many of them are are written in such a way that you can understand things in a transactional way. So when we talk about guilt, maybe you're sitting here today and you have felt just you've got that awkward feeling, right? There's that relationship you have that you kind of avoid at the neighborhood pool party, right? Or at church or at work. And you just, maybe you were supposed to show up to something, but you didn't. You forgot. Maybe they texted you and you still haven't responded to the text. And guess how you feel? You feel guilty. And so what do we do when we feel guilt? Many times we avoid the relationship. We avoid contact. We do anything we can, right? It's the person, you know, at work and you're kind of like half hiding behind them so that you don't make eye contact with the person that you have awkwardness with. Maybe it's something different. It's the Thanksgiving get together with, with family and, and you had some words that were exchanged. You don't see eye to eye on politics or vaccines or whatever 900,000 things exist culturally for us to be mad at each other about. And you just, you exchange some heated words, maybe on the phone, in a text or on social media. And so now there's, there's just tension. You don't know, how do I feel? I feel, I feel guilty for how I spoke. Maybe it's mom or dad who's just been working a ton at the office. And you come home and you you feel bad. Why? Because your kids want time with mom or dad. And you've been at the office. And so you feel, how do you feel? You feel bad about it or with your spouse. This is what we do. We feel, what? We feel guilty. And this idea of guilt comes from us knowing that we have taken something, here comes the transaction, that doesn't actually belong to us, right? When you say something that that hurts someone's feelings, what have you done? You've robbed them of their dignity. And that's why we say things like, I owe you an apology. I owe that to you, right? All financial terms. It's it's about taking. It's about feeling debt and indebted. And this is where most of our relationships get into hot water when we feel like we owe somebody something or somebody owes us something. And when it comes to guilt, it's you feeling like you owe somebody something because you robbed them, took something from them that didn't belong. It was relational. It was emotional. And so now, tragically, what do we do? We overcompensate for it. The mom or dad who comes home and feels bad about having not been there. Well, what is it that they do? Because they feel guilty. Now what they're, they're going to look at their kids and, 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 and you can do whatever you want right now. You know, I haven't been here. The last thing I want to do is be the disciplinarian. So sure, you can go out with those friends that I know are not going to be good for you. I, I, don't want to, I don't want to feel any worse than I do already. So sure, go ahead. 
Or you, you're, you're the person who brings home lavish gifts to make up for what you haven't contributed to the marriage or to your kids. It happens all the time. This is about guilt, and guilt is shaping and forming the relationship many times in ways that you don't even realize. Guilt's powerful, and it is a heart problem. It's a relationship problem. We call that, by the way, I don't think I mentioned it, the IOU syndrome. When guilt gets into that relationship and you feel like you owe it, now the whole thing gets imbalanced. Numbers 5, getting back to the scriptures, um, we'll take it from the top again where God is speaking to Moses. He says, any man or woman who wrongs another in any way and so is unfaithful to the Lord is guilty and must confess the sin they have committed. So if you've wronged the relationship, you're going to feel guilt. You are guilty. And what is it that you need to do? You need to confess that sin that you have committed. They must make full restitution for the wrong they have done and add a fifth of the value to it and give it all to the person that they have wronged. What is it that you need to do? You need to confess what you did that wasn't right. And then you need to work to make it right. Now, in this particular instance in the Old Testament, much of offense and strain on relationships took place over things like livestock and property and land and fields and literally possessions. And if you did something to hurt someone's financial stability, you were supposed to confess what you did, acknowledge it not only before God, acknowledge it before the person, and then add a fifth of the value to it. To make restitution. And this is what would help make the relationship right. For clarity's sake, the Bible doesn't say, hey, uh, do this and then you'll be best friends forever again. Doesn't say that. Doesn't say that that relationship would, be, would experience restoration. It says that it would experience restitution. Right? Restitution is, is allowing the relationship to be made right. But that doesn't mean that you're going to potentially be in close proximity to somebody, especially depending on the level of pain and hurt that you've experienced. This morning, or whatever time that you're watching this stream, I want you to, to hear this because our relationships, they, are, they, they greatly need this. We've got to deal with the guilt that we carry in our relationships. We need to deal with the guilt that comes between moms and dads and kids and, and siblings and brothers and people that you work with and neighbors and people that you go to church with. And many times we don't do anything. But your confession should lead to action, right? Many times we're really great, especially if you grew up going to church, in that we know we should confess our sin to God. And so we come, we have a moment of prayer, we have a moment where we acknowledge what we did, and then we feel like that's it and it's done. I've, I've, I've prayed it up. And now I should feel a certain way and the relationship should be experiencing restoration and forgiveness and restitution. But that's not how it works. How many times have you prayed? 
about a situation or a relationship and you still can't shake it. It's like it just lives in your brain. It lives in your heart. And every time you think of that person, you know, you have that in your heart and in your soul. Well, what is happening there? We haven't carried the set of gospel actions that we need to take all the way through from beginning to end. Oftentimes, we've simply acknowledged that what we did was wrong, and we acknowledge it privately between us and God. But what needs to happen is you need to have a moment where you look at that person in the eyes and acknowledge what you did. You don't have to make it overly dramatic. You don't have to be sappy. You don't have to be tearful about it. But there's a moment of, of acknowledging my part in, in, in what I contributed here, acknowledge it, and then work to make it right. You can't add a fifth of value, right, to something where, where, you, where you said something that hurt someone's feelings. Well, how do you monetize that? You can't. You don't. But you know what you can do? You can work to make the relationship right. You can work to be trusted again. You can work to be consistent. You can work at being faithful in the relationship. But that doesn't begin until you acknowledge that what you first did was hurtful. Whether you think that somebody should have been hurt by it or not, it doesn't change the reality that they were. And you get to step in and own it. Acknowledge it. Confession should lead to action. Prayer is the beginning, but it is not the end. And as a pastor, I'm always trying to get people to pray. I'm always trying to get people to read their Bibles. I want you to pray, and I want you to read your Bible. Please do that. But understand, when it comes to dealing with heart problems, many times there are actions that still need to be taken. Tracking with me today. Over the pandemic, there was a lot of stress that pastors were carrying. Let me back that up. Everybody was carrying, okay? Every human with a pulse was carrying, myself included. And I'd like to tell you that, you know, I woke up with just a halo over my head and was just always super spiritual and sensed what God was saying. And the Holy Spirit was just moving like a glory cloud in my home. That is not how it was, right? And I realized the pandemic is, we're still in it, but at the height of things with our church, we didn't have a building, we didn't know where we were going to meet. We were trying to put together services outside. We were building a production team, literally trying to figure out how to keep the camera in focus, right? Lights. I mean, we didn't know what we were doing. And to say that it was stressful at times is an understatement for me. And I got to tell you, you know, somebody called at one point and I was just, I wasn't having a good day. And I, I misread, I misheard the situation on the phone. And I was mad and you know we I said how I spoke was too harsh. It just was too harsh. I hung up the phone and it wasn't but just a couple minutes later and I just I felt that ugh ugh right? And you know, you know what I'm talking about where you know you, you did something, you wronged that relationship. 
It might be big, it might be small, it might be a slight, but it doesn't change the fact that you know you contributed something. Doesn't matter what they did. It doesn't matter at this point or at this juncture what they said or how they said it. This is about you and this is about your heart. And I could tell the Holy Spirit was knocking on my heart. How was it happening? Because I felt guilty. The check engine light was going on. So I picked up the phone, called them back. (laughs) I had the privilege of getting to humble myself and say, hey, you know what? I don't know if I'm understanding this right. I'm probably not. But you didn't get the best of me. And that I spoke in a way that was too harsh. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. I wasn't right. And they did, and it was good, and it was healthy. And it was a, it was a good example, right, of just something small that could have become something big. It could have become something great. They had the maturity and the, and, and the eyes and ears to hear like Christ, thankfully, in that moment. But also, on the flip side, when you feel the guilt, when you know you have hurt and and committed wrong against a relationship, well, what is it that you need to do? You need to own your junk. You need to own your part in it. God, forgive me for what I did. Forgive me for how I did it. And now I'm not finished. I'm going to look that person in the eye and I'm going to say, hey, that was not right. I'm sorry. I'm owning my stuff not only before heaven, before you. And now I'm going to work extra hard to bring life to this relationship. That's what it looks like to be free from the problem of guilt. Guilt's a real thing. Guilt can be helpful, but you don't want it to live there. There's a big difference between that thing, you know, knocking on your door and you inviting it in to live with you. That's when it becomes a real problem. We've got a great illustration from the life of Zacchaeus that I think brings a lot of this together for us. And we love, we've preached that story of Zacchaeus just a few months ago. And I'm going to touch on it today in Luke chapter 19 and emphasize one different aspect of it that oftentimes we overlook. Zacchaeus, if you know the song, he's the wee little man. He's in the sycamore fig tree and Jesus is coming uh, to town and he looks at, at Zacchaeus and more or less invites himself over to his house for a party. Zacchaeus is a tax collector. He's the chief tax collector. So he's enemy number one. As a Jew, he's collecting taxes from his fellow Jews on behalf of the Roman Empire, which means he would have been hated. This is a wicked man because he's cheating them out of money in order to build his own wealth and his own estate. So people would have been deeply offended and had deep-seated hatred towards Zacchaeus. And yet Jesus looks at this man, of all people, and says, I want to come to your house for dinner. And that's what takes place. And Zacchaeus is having this encounter with Jesus. Is it different than the kind of encounters that you and I have? Well, of course, Jesus isn't here in the flesh. But make no mistake about it, he's having a moment. And the guilt that he's carried over his actions and what he's done, it it, it bubbles to the surface. And in verse 8, Zacchaeus, he stands up at his own house. 
says he stood up and said to, the, to Jesus, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. This is just what we see in the book of Numbers. If you've wronged somebody, confess it, own it, acknowledge it, and then take the steps that you need to make it right. And here's Zacchaeus. He's owning the fact that he's been greedy. He's owning that he's, took, he's taken what doesn't belong to him, and he has guilt over it. And he stands up in his own home, and he decides, I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody here out of anything, not only am I sorry about this, but I'm going to pay it back four times. And Jesus says, this guy gets it. Salvation has come to this house. See, when we have, when guilt is in our heart, when guilt gets in between relationships, when guilt gets in between you and God, what is it that you need to do? Well, you need to simply acknowledge it. Humble yourself before Jesus, before the Lord, and acknowledge that what you did just wasn't right. It can be big or it can be small. Nothing that you have done is going to scare Jesus. You need to hear that. Your sin and your actions, it's not threatening any, it, it, it's, you, you can't scare God, okay, in this moment. Bring everything that you can to the table. Confess it, acknowledge it, or as I like to say, own your junk, okay? And then take the steps that you need to make it right, which is exactly what Zacchaeus did. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give back four times the amount. Can you quantify you know, what you need to make right in a relationship? Many times you can't. But as we've already mentioned, you can begin to take the necessary steps to bring health and healing to that relationship. Start taking steps. Build bridges. Be a peacemaker. Humble yourself. Own it. Acknowledge it. And take the steps. Amen. Amen. Some of you today, we're going to pray here in just a moment. Some of you, I'm asking you, don't sit on this. Don't wait. If you do, you'll never get back to it. I mean, you can. I won't speak that over to you. Right. But many of you, you feel that, that thing in your heart. Take the action today. Pick up your phone and do something that people don't like to do anymore. And that's call somebody. Call them. Get the ball started. Send a text. Get it started. Set up a coffee. Get it started. Pray. Have a Jesus encounter. And then make it horizontal. And make the steps actionable. Go do it. Amen. Father, thank you in this moment for who you are. Thank you that you work in our lives. You're not finished. Lord, we, we have heart problems. But thankfully, Jesus, by the power of the Spirit... We can have a moment with you that leads to action, that leads to freedom in our hearts and in our relationships. God, bring the healing, bring the wholeness that we need. We love you and worship you. Amen. Amen. Have a great week. See you next Sunday.